This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Uh, we're taping this for like the second time yep. because the previous version just blotted out Jessica. Her mic just decided not to record, even though it was recording. Although I, I would happened. argue there's a segment of people who would like totally listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you wanted to hang out with me again. Heather. I know. I know. And I do. And talk about and the exact same things we did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we wanted to re-record it is because there were so many important things happening yeah. that it's like uh, we want to get this as right as yeah. we can. So uh, before we do that, let me give a shout out to some of our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Uh, thank you for your support. Uh, Bill M, Michelle B, Nathan J, Brendan R, Mike E, Cassandra K, Benjamin B, Travis B, Shelly S. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so we much for your support. appreciate it. Shout out to Benjamin Button. <laughs> okay, so the first thing, kind of the elephant in the room sort of thing, yeah. is this story about Lawrence Krauss that came out uh, a couple days ago mm-hmm. as, I'm, as we're recording this. And essentially, BuzzFeed, three of their reporters made this bombshell article. They uh, they posted this bombshell article that basically said he's been accused of multiple allegations from several women mm-hmm. of sexual misconduct. And just to be clear, there's no crime that happened. Right. There's no police report that's ever going to be filed about this. Mm-hmm. This is stuff where it's just inappropriate behavior. Yes. And it's from multiple places, from multiple sources, and different venues over the course of a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it's disturbing to read. One of the allegations that kind of sets the stage for the whole story is that someone who thought they were talking about business stuff, she uh-huh. went to his hotel room, but not for anything sexual. It's because that was kind of, let's meet here before we go out to dinner and right. have a conversation about stuff. And it turned into more or less something sexual on his end to the point where he took out a condom. Gross. That's not what she was expecting or wanted. She left the room. Also, can you think of anything less sexy than just like brandishing a condom? I don't know where in the process of all that. In my head, he like just unfurls it. (laughs) Gross. I don't mean to undermine the seriousness of what he did. So so that happened. Come on. And so now the comment I've heard online is, well, she went to his hotel room. What did she expect? And what the article makes clear is it wasn't that. This was the, this was the prelude to going isn't, out to something God, else. Isn't that a bonkers thing to be like, oh, he went to his hotel room? As yeah. if like the only thing that can happen in a hotel room is like sexual well, in nature. I was thinking about this for a couple of days because I've done podcast recordings mm-hmm. in my hotel room. I've gone to other people's yeah. hotel rooms to record stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's all we're going to do. Yeah, that's where I recorded with Ross Blatcher in California. Like, when you're traveling, that's where you have to go. Yeah, it was weird. I I remember this story. I didn't tell you this when we recorded the first time. But I remember one of the recordings we did a long time ago. This was just me. Um, It was a writer that I really, really admired. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she was in Chicago. So it's like, oh, cool. If she's here, I wonder if we could record something. She said, yes. Awesome. The only place we could really do that was in her hotel room. And I realized that's probably sketchy on her part because like, who the hell am I? Oh, yeah. And she was awesome about it. Like I she took me to the room. I set up the recording equipment. Totally awesome professional. She was great. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I'm like, I could see how that. I'm, I'm not sure what was going through her mind. Yeah. I'm sure it could have been scary in some aspect or another. But, like, again, 
we both knew why we were there. Right. It was to record this thing. And the person who was mentioned in this piece thought she was going to the hotel room for... A prof- like just to pick up some stuff, I guess. Yeah, like how many times are you with somebody, especially like these conventions when you mm-hmm. can't carry everything with you and you're like, wait, just make a quick stop in my hotel room and, and whatever. I don't know. The thing is, it's so innocuous until it isn't. Yeah, and, and again, if it was one story and one person, because yeah. I see people attacking the victim's credibility here, cool, guys. a lot of stuff Chill online. As usual. But it's not just one. It's multiple people saying he groped one, he touched her breast, he said it wasn't that they misinterpreted that, but he's made other comments. Yeah, you know how he when we're like talking things. professionally and you professionally grab my boob all the time. Oh. It's like <laughs> it's so constant, and then I misinterpret it. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, like, it's it's not one thing. It's yeah. multiple acts of being inappropriate, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. No one's saying arrest the guy. No one's saying police need to get involved. That's no. not what this is about. It's inappropriate, and so. The question is, what do you do with that information? Now, since this story has come out, um, I'm going to read you something that uh, did come out. But a a lot of people have taken action in response to all this stuff happening, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because a lot of times, and I think if this happened a few years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen a lot of action. I think similar things have happened with some frequency in the past and just sort of the timing of all of this and groups and the fact that this came from Buzzfeed and not like kind of an infight. Cause like what elevator gate a few years ago uh-huh. was like a very infighty thing. I still don't know what happened there. Honestly, I, I don't know. I've read multiple accounts of it and I don't think anyone who writes about it actually seems to know what happened. Yeah. There, but, but this is like a quote unquote outside source, like not from within the sort of atheist world. Right now here's a couple, I think one of them knew some of the people involved. The okay. other two were just reporters. A yeah. couple things to point out. The fact that it was published on Buzzfeed, that right. doesn't ruin its credibility. Buzzfeed. I know they're known for like listicles and food stuff and gifs, but they do have reporters on staff. They yeah, publish really important work. I Don't feel like that's a really source. old person point of view of like, oh, it's BuzzFeed, so who cares? Yes, like, if it's not you, in the New York Times, right, I don't like really trust it. Like, that's a very, like, old media way to look at things. <laughs> yeah, and after the report came out, one thing that happened is on Friday night, Krauss was supposed to appear with Sam Harris and Matt Dillahunty at an event in Phoenix, mm-hmm. a celebration of science and reason. Um, the person slash group hosting that event said that Krauss would not be appearing on stage. They offered a refund to anyone disappointed by that. Oh, wow. Um, but they didn't explain whether Krauss chose to not be there mm-hmm. or that if they asked him to not be there I'm and they didn't respond. I, I would bet it was the latter. They don't did you not think? respond. No comment because I don't know. Uh, yeah. But they didn't respond to I'll my speculate. request. I don't have any integrity. <laughs> <laughs> the American Humanist Association, which actually named Krauss their Humanist of the Year a, while, a couple years ago, uh-huh. I think. Um, and I should, I don't know if we mentioned this. He's written a bunch of books. He's yeah. a famous cosmologist. Yeah, he, He's the guy who changes the atomic, the doomsday clock. Cause he works what? with that group. You know, the doomsday clock, they're yes. like nuclear war. We're two minutes from midnight. Uh-huh. That's the group he works with too. He's the guy on stage when they make those announcements. Weird. And he was in a documentary with Richard Dawkins a few years ago called the unbelievers where they talked about promoting atheism at college campuses. Yeah. He's definitely, he's not like at, I would say Richard Dawkins, saturation level that almost anybody kind of at least has an idea who he is, but he's certainly like, if you're even on the periphery of the secular movement, science literacy and like pop culture, he's definitely a name. Like he is 
somebody that most of us, most people listening to this probably at least, at least have heard of. Right. Yeah. Um, the American Humanist Association actually put out a statement relatively quickly, I would think, for these kinds of groups, mm-hmm. the legacy ones that have been around forever, yeah. that said very clearly, we support the women. Um, and they said, uh, the, this is Rebecca Hale, the president of mm-hmm. the board of directors. As humanists, uh, we support the women who speak up and hold men accountable for misogyny and bad behavior. We encourage women to be empowered. Roy Speckhart, the executive director of the group, said to the women, I want to assure them, as a leader of the humanist community, that the AHA will not ignore these assertions. And when I tried asking them as well, what does that mean? Does that mean he's not going to come to your events? Does that Because he's written for their magazine, too. They said, 100% guarantee he will not be speaking for us or writing for us in the future. Good. Since... Uh, Even yesterday, Gizmodo pointed out that other venues have canceled events that were scheduled with Lawrence Krauss in the coming month or two. And I guess the question, I don't I don't know the answer to this necessarily Mm -hmm. is uh, what's the right response to all this? It seems like for a guy who will probably still be doing a lot of writing in the future, Mm -hmm. who will probably be giving lectures on his own of some sort. Having some of these venues cancel their events with him doesn't seem like a big deal to me. That's a pretty, that's a fair thing if this is the allegation that's being made. And one of the comments I heard someone say is, this is a court of public opinion. Therefore, who cares? Because whatever. But again, this is not a crime. He didn't commit a crime. Yeah. This is about, this is only the court of public opinion. I I think that's what he did wrong. That's such a weird like manipulation of how to look at this thing because what this person is a sir if they're like oh he's being tried in court of public opinion i'm assuming it's he but it feels <laughs> like a safe bet no it, it hasn't <gasps> only been men i've heard this from women too okay well this straw man that i'm talking to yes. is a man um it's this weird thing of does that mean we can't have any opinions unless like somebody is given full due process of the law cuz that feels Buckwild. Like, that feels like such a (laughs) crazy strong standard to hold somebody to because, like, how many, like, the, the, uh, just in this realm, like, the Harvey Wein, what's all on my hand? The Harvey Mm, Weinstein, um, I don't know. I don't know how I have wine on my hand. Back to story. Back to story. story. Um, the Harvey Weinstein things happened. There haven't been a lot of, I I don't think there's been a lot, a ton of legal ramifications. Am I wrong on that? Um, I don't think he's been sued. He's not gone to court. I'm not sure. Like, I still think fucking OJ did it, even though he was acquitted. (laughs) Like, the the court of law dictates how we as a government, as a society, punish somebody in an official capacity. That does not mean I'm not allowed to have opinions based on somebody's credible story. And the thing about this is several women, and it's not... I'm, I'm telling you this as someone who has tentacles in various circles in the atheist world, I guess. Tentacles, I huh? don't know. Um, <laughs> the whisper network of allegations, the stuff that I've yeah. heard in this story, but not in this detail. Yeah. That's been going around for a long time. And it's not from one group of women yes. or something like that. It's multiple women in different, like they don't talk to each other, mm-hmm. but I've heard it from multiple people. And the question is not... You know, how do we bring this guy down? The question is, what's an organization's response? 
for example, if he's a speaker at your event because you think he's going to get tickets sold or something like that, yeah. should an organization promote it if several women are saying to the organizers, look, this guy, I've had weird exchanges with him. It made me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. How many women saying something like that would it take yeah, for them to act on it? kind of innocuous, but like, is this just is this guy just weird? Or yeah. is he is he like sexually aggressive? Or is he just doesn't understand boundaries? Uh, my take on this, he never did anything that was illegal Besides or wave a assault or anything like that. I think to me, it's a a huge case of misreading signals, like where when you're that famous in a certain niche, where like, oh, you're a star in the science world, which means nothing to most Americans, but it means a lot to people like us. People will come up to those people and be like, I'm such a huge fan. I love your books. I I pretty much I'll listen to anything you say because it's really fun and I appreciate it. Yes. That's admiration. And that's awesome. And I'm sure he gets a ton of it. And it looks like he frequently takes that as I want you, like I'm interested in you because that's what it sounds like the women are experiencing where they say, I like this guy because he writes these books and articles. And when he does these lectures and he says things so eloquently, I appreciate that. I admire that. And but the reaction they get back when they say that is something akin to you took that as flirting. Yeah, it wasn't flirting. I added, so I've had sort of similar circumstances happen to me before that you realize in hindsight you're having two different conversations with a person. Like mm. I like specifically, I'm thinking I was um, out in San Francisco and I was chatting with this guy and we were like kind of from the same neck of the woods and we were chatting and I was like, oh, cool, this guy's really nice. And we had talked about like, oh, there's a bar I wanted to try. And very like platonic, like, hey, we're both in town on business. And then he like immediately was like, do you want to go back to my hotel room? I know you said you were married. And I was like, I was so personally offended and hurt that like, what signal did you right? Give like, off? what conversation were you having? Then I'm sitting here saying like, yeah, there's like, I, like I'm married and talk positively about my husband, and and it's so disconcerting, and you sort of self doubt everything of like. Well, just saying, oh, we should try this bar. Does that mean like I want to fuck him? Like that doesn't feel like a reasonable response to that. And I'm just a very amiable person. And also I was, and I can't imagine how disappointing that would be if you met somebody. So if I had that same exchange, but it was somebody whom I admired, how disappointing would that be that this person who you hold in regard is just trying to get in your pants? Like that fucking sucks. Um, I also was. I should point out at yeah. some point here, Krauss hasn't said anything publicly. Oh, he still hasn't? Uh, not at the moment, not that I'm aware of. He hasn't posted anything about this. He mm-hmm. hasn't even said, I'm going to sue BuzzFeed, I'm going to get a lawyer on them. He also hasn't pulled like a Louis C.K. apology where he says, those women are accurate in their recollections. Right. Maybe it was misinterpreted, but like there, that happened. Yeah. I was wrong. I'm going to take some time off to reflect. He hasn't said that either. He mm-hmm. hasn't apologized for sure. So, so he's just said nothing. He said nothing. I'm sure he will. Yeah. I don't know what he'll say, but I'm sure he will at some point. Um, but again, I have heard the same... What's interesting to me is I've heard the same reactions on different sides. Some mm-hmm. people saying he didn't do anything. He made right. women, a couple of these women feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but they're also these, a lot of these women were in the same Buzzfeed article years ago by a different reporter about Michael Shermer. And some of them were in that article too. It's like, well, that tracks like the same 
people again, who run in that circle are going to be interacting with the same people. Right. And if you're willing to step forward about a Shermer, then you're going to be willing to step forward about a Krauss. Like, yeah. I hope people don't think that this is some sort of like gotcha thing of like, oh, the same women were sexually harassed twice. Ha, huh, they must be a lot. Like, that's right. a very... And that's the vibe I got from some other uh, people who were talking and sending me messages about that. Cool. Hot takes, guys. Um, well, I wanted to um, yeah. touch on... I mentioned this yesterday. I, I was reflecting back on my time at um, at conventions and things like that. And I, overall, have had nothing but good experiences at conventions. And um, the last TAM I went to, the last TAM that was held at the South Point. Um, it was literally the night before I got engaged. Obviously, I didn't know that at the time. Um, but I went to, like, this after-party thing at um, the American Atheists had a suite or something like that. And so at various points, I was, like, sitting with... Like, Dave Silverman walked over and, like, started chatting with me, and we talked for a little while, and it was completely chill. And then at one point, I was in... And he's the president of American and he's, Atheists. Oh, yeah, sorry. He's the president of American Atheists. Could not have been nicer or more, you know, chill with me. At one point, I was, like, in a room alone with Paul Provenza, who's a comedian who hosted, and, like, at no point did I feel uncomfortable or feel threatened or or weird mixed signals. And I wonder if I had had a specifically negative experience there, how, what would that have been, like, what would the sort of ripple effect be on my participation in this community. Right. Would if I, the leaders, I, quote unquote, leaders of that community were making you feel uncomfortable, yeah. maybe this is not a community you want to get involved exactly. with or be vocal about. And the, they're chock full of white men, right? Like these conventions, this community, plenty of white dudes. So women tend, or I, I can only speak for myself, you tend to be very aware of like the ratio that there's mostly men here. And I feel like if in addition to being aware of, that you're sort of a minority in in some sense, if you're also greeted with like any sort of hostility, like women are not going to participate, and so it's important that we weed out these people and get like get them out. And maybe- and by weed out, I think correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is, look, if these women go to these conference organizers and say, look, this guy is doing an event for you, or mm-hmm. you've invited him to speak there, uh-huh. he makes a lot of people feel really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the Kraus issue. Yeah. Well, how should an organization react? And the easiest thing to do is say, you know what? We won't invite him to our future events. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They're not. They're not doing anything legal. They're right. not. They're just saying there are. Other, it's not like he's the only science writer. He's not the only communicator. He's certainly yeah. not the only good communicator. Mm-hmm. There are other people. Um, so you're not. It's not like you're missing something that you can't find anywhere else. Right. Um, and I also think the interesting thing that's happening here in this entire movement, this entire sort of thing that's happening with women stepping forward finally is it's the kind of things that women have all been saying to each other since the beginning of time. Like, any time... I, I, I cannot count the, the number of times that, like, either I've pulled somebody aside or I've had a woman say, like, that dude, just heads up, he gets weird in a hurry. And, like, and they just did this on um, the most recent season of uh, Black Mirror, the first episode, which mm. is super excellent. You should watch it. It's not very... It didn't make me wholly depressed at the end, so it was very good. <laughs> so it's um, an unusual Black so Mirror episode. unusual. Um, but it's one of the things that happen of she's... You know, they're in tech office, and the new girl is talking to the CEO or COO, and somebody pulls her aside and it's like, 
just watch out for that dude. He gets a little like starey. He gets a little clingy because we've all experienced that. And we're all just here to sort of like make it better for the other women around us. And it, it, it's, and finally people are hearing this sort of, as it were, locker room talk that women have been doing for, for years. Like men apparently say, grab, grab by the pussy in the locker room. Women are like, watch out for that guy. He'll grab your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm disappointed to hear it. I'm, I'm so, not surprised, though. I'm so... I would love to know from the critics who are like, I don't believe the women in this story. What proof are you looking for? They could have a videotape of him doing this stuff, and it would look innocuous. Yeah. It's about how is he making these people feel. If the Even if the worst charge in all of this is he made a lot of women feel really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. shouldn't that be concerning to people? Yeah. I just dropped my phone. How dare you? Sorry. So... Yeah, I so mean, there, I'm, there's that. There's like I've said before, there are very few people who can or who, who were going to hear stories about this, and I think it's going to keep coming. Not a lot of people who would surprise me at this point. <sighs> Do you want to talk about something slightly different? I guess. Uh, let's talk about Billy Graham. Oh yeah, he died. He died. Um, and this is something that I've seen from a lot of people reacting. Uh, so he was 99 years old, famous, famous evangelist for several decades. He was someone who advised or at least spoke with presidents over the course of several decades, which yeah. is a lot of presidents from both political parties. Mm-hmm. He, w- he has this kind of, uh, if you sum up his biography in a sentence or two, some of the things you'll say is, He's nonpartisan because yeah. he was willing to reach out to people of of all parties. When he died, uh, I think yeah, Donald Trump s- tweeted something normal about that. <laughs> Barack Obama did too. So mm-hmm. did, I think, George W. Bush because he talked to all of them. That's fine. Um, but, but, and this is what I don't see in a lot of the reactions, uh, at least not all of them. Uh, this guy helped usher in the religious right, but not in the political way. He kind of helped the movement that led to the religious right we're seeing today, even if he wasn't the guy like James Dobson or Jerry Falwell. He wasn't known for being like vocal against gay people, even though he was was anti-gay. He once had a conversation with Richard Nixon where he said of Jews in the media, this stranglehold that Jews have has got to be broken or this country is going down the drain. Yikes. He later said like, well, Nixon kind of said it and I was just kind of agreeing. Yeah, that makes it better. When Martin Luther King was arrested at some point in his career, not long after, I think, the I Have a Dream speech, Uh he kind of, Billy Graham issued a response like, that guy needs to like tone it down. Like he wasn't, he wasn't on the side of civil rights, even if he wasn't actively against it. So he has problems. So when we say he ushered in "quote unquote" the 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 religious right, religious right. So I guess so. To me, the religious right is this fiscally conservative and socially conservative anti-gay pro. I don't don't know pro-gun necessarily. Obviously that kind of runs in those circles, but it doesn't. So he was, we attribute so many political policy positions to the religious right these days. Mm-hmm. He wasn't any of that stuff. 
Like he didn't, he wasn't known for these political stances about LGBT people, about guns, about abortion. So is it just... He had those views, but he he was focused, this is the thing all the biographies, obituaries say, Mm -hmm. he was always focused on getting you to believe in the divinity of Jesus, not so much in, because you're a Christian, you should also hold these political views. Gotcha. That's that's why, which is a little weird because so many of these religious right figureheads were like, sending their regards, praising Billy Graham after his death. They're like, oh, Billy Graham, he was one of a kind. I admire him. I want to, I basically want to be like him. It's like pretty much everything you're doing is the opposite of what he did. So what the hell are you talking about? I mean, about? it feels very much the idea of like, Jesus didn't say any of the things that you right. guys are talking about. But, right. So um, don't say you're modeling yourself after Jesus. Because, yeah. yeah, you're not caring so, for the poor. By know, the I'm way, just... Billy Graham's son, Franklin is who's carrying on the legacy with Billy's permission because he's Franklin's using the Billy Graham name. Okay. He's running the ministry. Franklin Graham is pretty much like the epitome of everything wrong with the religious right. This is the guy who trashes Islam, who implied Obama was a Muslim, if he didn't say it outright. He used his father's image to vote against marriage equality when that cool. was still on ballots. Cool as usual. Yeah, uh, Fred Clark, who's a blogger at Patheos, I thought he said this really well. Not content with living off the interest of his father's legacy, Franklin has been burning through the Capitol. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I, I do think it's really interesting that these, the Billy Grahams of the world even exist. Of Like, like nowadays? Yeah, or? of like what makes, this person is a religious leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess people constantly conflate religion and morality, so it's it shouldn't be surprising. But it just surprises me that there is somebody who, across different White Houses, was a constant presence because what? Because he was religious? Yeah. And is that... And, and this isn't because a dig on... He was, he was doing his thing, but like for the government, like is this helpful for our country? If you want to reach millions and millions of Christians, because there's no like yeah. Protestant Pope, he's the guy you talk to because he had the reach that no one else had. Yeah. He also, by the way, to his credit, he wasn't a televangelist in the sense that, you know, he could have sold out so easily. Yes. Could have had the TV shows. He could have had... And he was wealthy. All that stuff. He was well paid. But he could have... He could have lived in a fancier house, had the cars. He didn't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Give him some credit for that. Um, at the same time, by the way, he also was... We kind of make fun of Mike Pence because he's like, kind I of? can't... Oh, well, yeah. he, we, he won't sit in a room with another woman who's not his wife unless there's like a chaperone present. Yeah, he won't be one-on-one alone with a yeah. woman. That's based on Billy Graham. That's what Billy Graham Billy! did. Oh, yeah, that's why... That's the Billy Graham rule oh, that Jesus. Mike Pence has, is now known for um, because Billy Graham is like, I can't be alone with these women, okay, a, even yeah. in a professional setting because... I, mean, I changed my mind. Fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've assigned it. No, I, uh, that sucks. That honestly, when we talked about that whole thing, uh, got a couple months ago yeah. now, we got a lot of fear. Like I read the comment section. I'm sorry, I'll stop. Um, but a lot of a lot a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean mostly dudes. We're, we're like, whatever. It's hit, like this is the lat. You know, this isn't the thing we should be focusing on. Mike Pence. He believes in so many other garbage things. You know, just let him live by this stupid rule. And I really cannot emphasize enough how, like, uh, disrespectful and just sort of 
casting off of women that is. That wasn't a well either. Sentence, either Mike Pence is implying all these women want to jump him. They yeah. don't. Or they're implying that if he's in the presence, he can't stop himself but, but, from But all those whatever. things aside... And that means you can't hire women. Exactly. That's uh, the thing is women are losing opportunities for no reason other than they are He can't women. handle himself. And it's, it's so upsetting and it has denied so many smart women the opportunity to grow within the Indiana state government and now, you know, the federal government. And it's a garbage viewpoint. Like if you really have this viewpoint, you need to look in the fucking mirror and figure out why you think that anyway. So he's dead now. Bye. Mm -hmm. I, what I wanted to say about him is some of the reactions I heard from liberals is acting as if Fred Phelps of the Westboro Baptist church died and they're giving Billy Graham the same vitriol yeah. that was reserved for like those bigots. No, it's I don't like, think mm, that's there. He's not the worst of the worst. He had bad views mm-hmm. for the most part relative to today's religious right. Right. He wasn't as bad. So the whole like, great, let's celebrate his death. I yeah, don't really no, get that Yeah, no, he's not one. a Fred Phelps. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a much more serious topic, which is all the gun stuff that's been happening. Actually, no. We'll hold off on that because you had an article that uh, I want to bring up about uh, GMOs. GMOs. Uh, yeah, so just sort of before we dive into what's happening in Florida and around the country, uh, just kind of a cool little uh, study that came out. Um, so this is a, uh, a study that looked over 21 years of data on uh, GMOs in the U.S., um, and it has found like most other studies have found, that GMOs not only are not harmful, but they are actively good. So they can increase crop yields. Uh, and also they, where is it? Um, they also noted that GMO corn, corn has reduced the active ingredient of herbicides and insecticides by 10.1 and 45.2% respectively. Um, this so what, if, what you're basically saying, all the GMO is bad stuff that I sometimes hear liberals say... Is based on nothing. Based on nothing. Yeah, so this was published in Scientific Reports. It was led by uh, Elisa Pellegrino um, from the Institute of Life Sciences in Italy. It was it used more than 6,000 peer-reviewed studies. Um, Meta-analysis of all that yes. stuff. Yes, so I don't know, I just think... Bill Nye did that too. I think he wrote a book where he talked about GMOs he said GMOs, like, the science is out on it. It's bad right. for you or something. Then he actually met with, like, researchers at Monsanto or wherever mm-hmm. and actually figured out how the science works, how the research works behind right. it. And he eventually said publicly, I was wrong, mm-hmm. and I will revise that in the next edition of the book or something. But this is, I mean, this is good. If you care about science, if you care about the GMO stuff, yeah. shouldn't you be going where the evidence leads? And what this huge analysis is saying is, oh, look, the evidence is pointing in the other direction, not the conspiracy, stay away, whatever. Yes, and it also marks as um, uh, this meta- meta-analysis shows once again that crops produ- produced with biotechnology are some of, if not the most studied foods that we eat. So I think that's also important to to note as well. And and I would tell people to if they feel this like weird anti-GMO thing, I would recommend that they dig in more on what it means for something to be organic or GMO free or what what really that means because I feel like everybody can fall into that sort of trap of oh it says organic organic must must be good and you have shit going on in your lives you're just trying to make good choices for your family 
Um, so yeah, so I'm just happy that yet another piece of evidence has um, come forward about. Congratulations, Bush. everyone's smarter now. Yay! Let's talk about guns um, because <sighs> they exist. There this was, was such a crazy week. It really has. One of the responses in Florida, the Florida House, these are the same legislators who rejected a ban on assault weapons without even a discussion, then like an hour later said porn was a health hazard. Ay, yeah, yeah. These so, people <laughs> voted this week to do something about the school shooting in Parkland, mm. and they decided they're going to put the words in God we trust in every classroom. In every classroom? I uh, thought it was just every school. Uh, maybe every school. But I have notes. Who I can knows? Look. It's not better. In at least every school. It would require every public school to in place in God schools. we trust. In quote, a conspicuous place. It was sponsored by a Democrat, <laughs> but it was a bipartisan, like, it passed it with a bipartisan yeah. 97 to 10 vote. Kim Daniels, uh, she's a representative from Jacksonville. She's, she's a Democrat. A runs her own ministry. She doesn't have a super great track record no. with regard to religious freedom. No, she. last time I heard of her, she posted a video on Facebook condemning witches and warlocks because they were threats to our democracy yeah, or something. Finally, is, someone's brave enough to say it. What I don't get is what is in God we trust in the school? What is that going to do? Do they think a shooter is going to walk in, see the sign and turn around? I like, d- I mean, I do giving them as much credit as I can muster. I do think that they sincerely believe that just by having the words in God, we trust people will like, be morally elevated in yeah. some way, whether that's which is which is dumb. It's because yeah, I want to be clear that yeah. is a dumb thing. I believe that they believe yes. it. I, I agree. Uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School had a Christian club at the school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, teachers, students, administrators can and probably did pray all the time. Yep. Um, we already know that churches have been shot up. Unfortunately, Sutherland Springs last year, yep. the, the one in Charleston years before that, uh, God does not protect. God's not like an immunity cloak around you that stops gun violence. And I just don't understand how how they could possibly, with any intellectual honesty, hold this point of view when there have been multiple mass shootings in churches. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I just don't understand how they can actually still believe this garbage. I, and I don't have a problem on its face with people believing in their heart that like, if I believe in Jesus, I'll be bulletproof or whatever, like whatever you want to believe. I actually don't care. But if you are genuinely willing to introduce legislation to apply this to everybody, it's, it's unconscionable. It makes no sense. It's a waste of a, it's a waste of, Funds and also it's I such don't know a that it's funds. It's voluntary. Like they can, uh, yeah, I'm sure people can donate the signs. They're not using taxpayer money for the signs, but it it's would certainly require a waste all of, public schools to post a state motto. There has to be some. If the funds are available, usually is a caveat to these. But like they can regardless. get the money. It's not going to cost a lot. What is disturbing is that it takes up time and it's pointless. And, and it's pointless. And and they think they're doing something useful and they're not. Yeah, and the timing could not be worse. Mm-hmm. Like just. Just the visuals of this, of within an uh, you know within an hour, days after seventeen kids and adults were murdered at their school, they here's some Jesus, everyone. Hope you but, feel better. But they were like, no, no, automatic weapons definitely weren't the problem here. It was definitely a lack of God in mm. this public school. It's just, it's, it's so insulting and belittling. 
so Florida legislators, not the only people doing this. In South Carolina, no. their superintendent of education, Molly Spearman, released a video where she was detailing, let me tell you what I've done with legislators and government officials to keep our kids safe. That's fine. That's a good video. Everyone should put out a video like that. That's not a big like deal. I this is going to go poorly. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the end of it, she mentioned that one of the ways they're trying to prevent kids from basically being disgruntled and coming back to shoot up these schools is that they have a mentorship program where a lot of these public schools in South Carolina partner up with local churches who provide mentorship to the kids. Now, that's at least supposed to be a secular thing, even if you're getting volunteers from churches. But look at... I'm going to read you the language of what she said. Tell me if you spot a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. We have also seen the life-changing impact that mentorship programs can bring into troubled students' lives and continue to encourage members of our faith community to partner with schools. By sharing Christ's love, Uh you could be a positive influence that prevents a tragedy like this from occurring. Did you find it? I did. Uh Uh-huh. Was it when she said Christ's love? That was it. Oh, I found it. And it's not even the you're sharing Christ's love, which they shouldn't be doing in these programs. It's that that's supposed to be preventing these tragedies. Jesus is not preventing these tragedies. How dumb do you have to be to still say that? Mm, It's just very, very, very frustrating to watch this time and again, because it's, and this is a thing I talk about a lot. If you live a life that is based only on like hearsay and good feelings, then no amount of facts are going to get you to change your mind. What's it? You can't reason somebody out of an opinion they didn't reason themselves into. Something like that. Did I get that right? Yep. And that's, I think what we're seeing time and time again. And that's, it's, for me, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world is that we have this data. We have this data that shows if you have a gun in your house, it is more likely that somebody will be harmed who lives in your house than you will protect it. We have data that shows that banning assault weapons helps reduce gun deaths. And it's, if... If that's you, evidence. They don't care about evidence. That's the thing. And if you don't care about evidence, what the fuck are we doing here? Then it's just like hopes and dreams and theories that are based on, and not theories in a scientific way, in a, right. you're an idiot way. Do you know who understands that assault weapons are bad? Me. Pat Robertson. Oh, me and Pat have Pat so Robertson. much in common. Every couple of years, he says something totally sensible, and yeah. you're like, what just happened? Who are you? Did he die? And you're Dude, credit where credit's good, Pat. He said assault weapons needed to be banned, basically, because nothing good can come of them. Specifically, what he said is, you know, I'm a gun owner. I've hunted. I've gotten awards for shooting. Quote, I've got no opposition whatsoever to shooting, but for heaven's sake, I don't think that the general population needs to have automatic weapons. Yep. Uh, He went on to say, I think we can ban those things without too much trouble. They have what they call bump stocks, which you hit it and it would go automatic. We could stop that. It's sensible, he said. It's like, oh my God, Pat Robertson said the sensible thing is sensible. Do you know how rarely that happens? This is the same guy who like a few years ago said we should stop punishing people for using marijuana. It's like, yes, that's right, we should. He also mocked young earth creationism saying like the science We're strange bedfellows, Pat Robertson, but God damn it. Pat Robertson is the voice of reason in this argument, what the hell is wrong with everyone else? Yeah, have you seen, there's a picture floating around of like just moments before Ronald Reagan was shot? 
and it's just arrows of like the five men around him right. who were all armed. Look, and good like, guys with guns right. didn't stop that thing yeah, either. And and that brings me to the um the guy whose name I don't know. And since we talked about this yesterday, I think other people have have come up that there was an armed deputy or an armed <laughs> officer of some kind. At the school, at the school that was um, in Florida, with a gun, with a gun, yep. and did nothing. Mm-hmm. He didn't enter the building. He just didn't do anything. Um, I don't know his name. I don't really care to know. I don't know if this man necessarily deserves the public shaming he almost certainly will get. But I'm really of two minds, and I kind of want to sort of talk this out with you. So the only way I can think about this, or the best way I can think about this, I guess, is from my own, like, if it was Jessica with a gun, and I could hear AK-47 shots, which... AR-15 in AR-15, this case. Um, yeah. AR-15 shots, which I've seen some of the videos, like, that women, that um, kids the were taking in their classroom. Took, you could and hear it's it. Ter- it's mm-hmm. pants-shittingly terrifying. So all, like, and people freeze like you don't know how you're going to react into a crisis until the crisis happens to you and and that officer probably whatever weapon he had wasn't was that not one. exactly a semi-automatic he was bringing like the knife to a gunfight yeah or um, a bad gun to a bigger gun fight <laughs> or something like uh, it's not the same but yeah and so like you just never know how you're going to react which is why i think among other reasons, the idea of arming teachers is buck wild um, because you just don't know how you're going to react. No, and that's why there's so much training is because your body has to like do it automatically. I don't know what this guy's jam was like. I bet he's not like a SWAT team member, so he doesn't have that training. So that's part of me who's like, yeah, that's the most reasonable thing in the world. I have so many teacher friends on Facebook that I worked with or who I didn't work with. And just universally, they're all like, this is the don't give me a so gun. Dumb. Even if I'm trained, don't give me don't a gun. Want it. I get mad at my students a lot. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh my God. That's threats. Um, so, so yeah. And they that's... have enough on their plate. And right. if they're Donald Trump's like, we'll give them a bonus. Where is this money coming from? If you from? have this money, there are some teachers who could use some supplies, who deserve a bonus, who deserve a salary. Yeah. For Christmas uh, this year, my parents gave my brother books for his classroom. Like, uh-huh. teachers are bringing shit in. They don't. A, what, like, where's the money coming from? Anyway, um, but the, the security officer, so part of me is like, yes, freezing when you hear an AK-47 is like the most reasonable thing a human could do. But also that was like his job. Right. Like that was his literal only job. When you sign and, up to be a resource officer at a school, yeah. like that's kind of what you're, that's why we revere as a society, like cops and firefighters because and Because they've soldiers. made that kind of tacit agreement of I am willing to lay down my life right. in protection of this country, this country, the rest of society. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, I think the only thing that does um, kind of come from this is that, can we lay... I mean, I know we never will because everybody thinks they're Rambo, but, like, can <laughs> we lay the good guy with a gun thing to rest? Because it's... I mean, we can because there's and I logic can and behind have. it. Liberals have, but, like... But I, if you watch the CPAC convention this weekend oh and you God. hear people talking there, no, they they fully think the only problem here, it's always mental illness and it's always something that can be stopped. Even if it is mental illness, what the fuck gun. are you doing about it? Right. So... Remember, but, uh, Donald Trump signed the order to say, you know what, if you're mentally ill, let's make sure you can get a gun. Fucking nightmare. But yeah, I, I just, I'm exhausted by it. And I'm frankly terrified because these people who have this idea of good guy with a gun, 
they aren't, you know, if they like do concealed carry, they aren't for the most part, this is a sweeping generalization, probably aren't carrying around like, God, I hope I never have to use this. I hope the moment never comes. This is la- These are people who are like, I cannot wait to have my Rambo moment. And yeah. that's what's scary. And I, a friend of mine, uh, Leslie, my friend, told me about a coworker or something like that who got mugged and then pulled it. He was carrying a gun. So he just got like mugged at knife point, pulled out a gun, shot the guy. The guy pulled out a gun, shot him, both dead. Yep, over works. mugging, mm-hmm. and it just escalates so quickly. I, I just I, I, gun. I have a healthy fear of guns, and it frightens me when people. As don't. a vegetarian, too, I'm like, I don't even get the shooting for fun hunting thing. Okay, but. I will say firing a gun is very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, a lot of things are very fun, but <laughs> I don't think they're worth people's lives. Yeah. And and I. I lived in a community where hunting was like the thing to do. And I still don't get it. Like I get the, I'm out in nature. I'm doing this thing to me. Killing a thing is not an appealing thing to do. I don't get that as a hobby. And I say that as a not vegetarian and a (laughs) major hypocrite. All of this stuff, by the way, is not nearly as bad as the response offered by a Republican from Illinois, Mike Bost. Oh, Mike. Who went to Donald Trump's office and delivered a Ziploc bag full of prayers. He gave Donald Trump a literal bag of prayers. I'm going to see where this guy's from. Bost, B-O-S-T? And I have so many questions about this bag. Like, one... We thought saying thoughts and prayers yeah. in the wake of a shooting is bad. This guy's literally giving prayers. Then he's posing for a photo op because he wants to remember this and he <sighs> wants people to know him by this. Why are they in a Ziploc bag? Like, are the prayers going to spoil if you just gave them, if you expose them What's to What's Trump air? doing What is them? Trump going to do? I bet you this bag of prayers is nowhere near him. It's in a trash bin somewhere. Mm-hmm. He didn't read them. He doesn't read his intelligence briefings. Why is he going to read the anonymous prayers of random strangers? I don't think he knows how to read. Hmm. And then, like, why did they? these people have to write down their prayers? Like, can God not hear when they're praying to themselves? Can it's- it, does he need it to be written down so God can keep up with his to-do list? And and what do the Parkland kids think of all this? Are they satisfied by all this? Like maybe maybe one of those prayers said, "I hope you get impeached so that we can get a real president who will actually do something about this." <laughs> but other than that, I don't get the point of this. I'm trying to find his congressional map, and all I found is his garbage website. Yeah, it's a very bad website. Yeah. I'm gonna find it. He uh, better be. From by the Southern way, Mike Illinois. Boss received about ten thousand dollars in his last last election district. Map. Uh, so surprise! And by the way, beyond that, there is also a church that is going to bless people's assault rifles. Oh yeah, next he's like week. way south, Southern Illinois, like St. Yeah. Louis and below. Oh, okay, yeah, there's a church in Pennsylvania that is not a Christian, quote unquote church to do this stuff it's called (laughs) sanctuary church it's part of the world peace and unification sanctuary it's the moonies it's yeah i don't really understand them it's in newfoundland pennsylvania yep they're going to be blessing the ar-15s the same gun used in a lot of these shootings next wednesday uh, at lizzie halston on twitter sent us this um it is the most buck wild thing I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> By the way, they're across the street from an elementary school. The elementary school cool. announced, I think, yesterday that they're going to close school on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, my God. 
good. Uh, and they said, no, nah, it's not because of the assault rifle thing. No. It's because there's all these strangers in our area. Yeah, which, pipe fine, burst. Say whatever, you, say whatever you want to say. But so like, there kids you, can't hold school because these people want to bless their unloaded weapons. Yeah. Which still seems dumb because I, it's again, so terrifying. I have so many questions. What happens with a blessed gun? What ha- what account what does that accomplish? Do the guns have better aim? <laughs> Is it easier to fire? Do school shooters who use a blessed AR fifteen go to heaven? Uh, what's this? What does this accomplish? Have you ever seen the movie Dogma? A long time ago. So George Carlin plays a cardinal, and they do a whole thing about how he blesses his golf clubs, and that's just <laughs> what it makes me think. And what of. happens to those golf clubs in the movie? They kill a demon, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so they say that the so event you become is... a ghostbuster if you get your gun blast. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect pop culture, haven't you? You're welcome. pop culturing real good. I've never so seen the... a Ghostbusters. Really? No. They're good. Yeah. The new one's very good. Come at me on Twitter. The new one's good. <laughs> Um, so the event is meant to give couples, couples, I don't know what that means, but that's what I copied and pasted from a newspaper to quote, show their willingness to defend their familiars, communities, and nation. So all weapons will be checked to make sure they're unloaded. And then a zip tie will be added. So no bullets can be added, Yep. which just feels like, I'm not worried that they're going to suddenly get in a gunfight at the church. What I'm worried about, well, what I, what I don't get is what are you hoping to accomplish other than glorifying the guns? I know. Like, by the way, the website, I checked out this church's website. It's bananas. Yeah. They have a whole pay their FAQ section. It's how do I multiply holy salt? How do I multiply holy wine and holy water? Ooh, and they read give you the step, holy wine one, please. Uh, I'll see if I can pull it up here. Okay. It's step-by-step instructions on okay. how to do these things. Uh, how to multiply holy wine? Well, you need a pan, a measuring cup, a container to hold holy wine, uh, ideally newly purchased. Purchase red wine. Oh, I have that. Brand does not matter. Cool. Use holy salt to sanctify the instruments I've and then the new wine good. to multiply the holy wine. Step four, obtain holy wine to be used as the seed holy wine. Step five, offer a prayer. They give you the prayer. Um, And then six, use the clean prepared container, pour the seed holy wine and the new wine in it. The mixing ratio is four parts of the seed, six parts of the new wine. Really? Seven, offer a prayer of gratitude. Why don't they say two parts to three parts? They don't don't do math. (laughs) Am I focusing on the wrong thing again? No, I appreciate it. (laughs) And then store the holy too. wine in a bottle. <laughs> so it's really just like mix, like take some of the holy wine, mix it up with like my boxed wine that I keep in my house at yeah. all times. And now it's holy. Yeah. Even and then though salt? you're still using the same amount of wine, but it's holy wine that's been like homeopathized. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's <laughs> like, is that homeopathy? I mean, it's too much right. substance to be homeopathy. If the question is, be... is it useless? The answer is yes. <laughs> hey, I'm sure that wine drinks real good. <laughs> All right, I want to move to something else that somehow still involves guns, but it's also a different story altogether. Uh, This story involves a former Jehovah's Witness in Michigan. Oh, man. And this woman, I guess the story goes, she left the Jehovah's Witnesses years ago. So did her husband. They have two grown children. Last weekend, she basically shot the husband, then she shot her kids, then she shot herself. It's horrifying, obviously. And the question is, what the hell was going through her head that led her to commit this horrible crime? Uh And one of the family friends of Lauren Stewart, who is this woman, said that when she left the Jehovah's Witnesses, the thing they do is they cut you off 
from your entire community. Shit. They shun you. They disfellowship you. And that hurt her so badly that she couldn't talk to her parents. She couldn't have all... Basically, every part of her social safety net was gone. Yeah. It broke her. Yeah. And that is what the friend said led to all of this. Um, by the way, she was... I think she was trying to find a new life after she left the Jehovah's Witnesses. She was 45, uh, but she's very attractive and she was trying to be a model. Mm -hmm. And so she had a modeling website page and she tried getting gigs. I don't know if she ever got any, but like, I don't think it was really working out. And so basically when she left the Jehovah's Witnesses, there was really nothing for her because she invested so (sighs) much in this cult. story. And then they cast her aside and so this friend of hers is like, blame the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who cast her aside. This, and by the way, most Jehovah's Witnesses who leave the Witnesses, they don't go to this extreme. But I have heard so many similar stories from others who have been cast aside and disfellowshipped that it ruins them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point. That's why the Witnesses do it. They want to break you so that you come back. Um, yeah, there are videos like, like of parents who are like, I want to call my lost son Mm -hmm. and then you have the mother like you can't if you hold out he will come back to us so sad oh it's so disturbing and that's the a number one thing that that cults do is is isolate you from people who aren't in the cult because that both reinforces all of your beliefs regarding the cult and keeps you from hearing outside influences and scares you from leaving Mm -hmm. and um the 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 documentary uh going clear which is about scientology um, there was a moment and it was so heartbreaking that a woman decided to leave Scientology and because of that, her daughter and her grandkids were going to stay in Scientology and she has this moment where she is hugging her daughter goodbye because her daughter made the decision that Scientology is more important than than her relationship with her mother and got like the description of her like hugging her daughter for the last time and sm- like trying to remember her smell it it's heart-wrenching it's it's just something i can't it's the thing about religion that even though i didn't grow up not uh, religious and i don't really have any like scars as it were emotionally speaking from from any weird religious upbringing i got that's a thing that always scared me about religion is that it is a thing that will tear families apart for for reasons as arbitrary as they don't believe this thing anymore or they're gay or they don't follow in their parents footsteps i i find that to be frankly nefarious something that would is willing to tear families apart for its own propagation i think is is evil I want to change subject totally and talk about, uh, you've heard of Focus on the Family. It's a religious right group. It's a nonprofit group. Uh, Liberty Council, which is a Christian right legal organization. Uh It's also nonprofit groups. All of these groups do their own fundraisers. They uh, have staff, all that stuff. That's fine. Uh, There are liberal groups that do the same thing. What's weird is that an investigation by Right Wing Watch Mm -hmm. basically found that Uh, tipped off by another blogger, said that Focus on the Family has basically classified itself to the IRS, not as a regular nonprofit, Mm -hmm. but as a church, as a ministry. And the thing is, the IRS, if you're not familiar with what they do, if you're a regular nonprofit like the Freedom From Religion Foundation or Planned Parenthood or the NRA, Mm -hmm. you have to submit documentation every year saying, 
here's the money we took in from our members. Uh-huh. Here's what our top staffers get paid. Here's the sort of work we did. Basically justify your existence as a nonprofit. Why should we keep giving you tax exemptions? Right. They have to submit this. It's a public record. You could find every nonprofit group's uh, 990 form on certain websites mm-hmm. like Charity Navigator or GuideStar. But if you're a church, which is also a nonprofit, there is a special rule for you that says you don't have to tell us anything. Why, though? Because they're special. Why, though? And so if you're a mega church, why? where the, the pastor looks like he's making a lot of money and flaunting it. If and Joel has, Osteen's teeth are particularly white that day. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they don't have to reveal how much the pastor gets paid. That Only a select group but of Hemet, people know that. But Hemet, Even the congregation isn't allowed to know but that. Hemet, but why? Because they're special. Why did they get that? They shouldn't. And by the way, one of the other perks they get is money for the pastor to like get rent for like you could oh yeah that shit is tax i was filling out my uh taxes and it was like do are you a priest and do you get free housing i was like yeah i do thank (laughs) you irs the freedom from religion foundation actually gave their co-presidents money for the housing exemption to pay for their rent uh for the sole purpose of saying well they filed with the irs and said yes i am a leader of a organization we're leaders of organizations with our fucking house i know the irs said no you're not getting an exemption you don't run a church and now they're suing saying we're doing what religious leaders do Good. like running an organization for like-minded people basically mm-hmm. and that's a big question because if the appeals court basically like one judge has already said ffrf is right there shouldn't be the housing exemption yes. uh now the question is how far up will the appeals go and it's almost certainly going to be struck down, but on what basis? Why should atheists not be allowed to get the same? Anyway, the point is, churches don't have to play by the same rules. Mm -hmm. So when Focus on the Family and Liberty Councils say... What does Focus on the Family do uh, They hate gay people. They they basically... (laughs) What if I could do that for a living? They basically put out information and resources and help you run like, events where they're saying, this I, is what's good for your family. I met a gay man once and he was mean to yeah, me. What's good for your family is learning the truth about homosexuality. Uh, they also promote a, adoption, which is fine, sure. but they, at the same time, they're, they, their policy positions, because they do have a political wing, which nonprofits are allowed to have mm-hmm. with certain requirements, their advocacy part of the group very much advocates for everything the religious right advocates for. Yeah. Liberty Council defends a lot of those like Christian bakers who say, I don't want to give cake that I already make. Oh, the but heroes? to gay people, the heroes, yeah. So they're classifying as a church, meaning they don't have to tell you how much money they take in or cool. where it's going. Now, to their credit, even though they've been classified as a church for a little while now, they have still posted their most recent 990s online for people to see. Yeah. But again, then it really raises the question, why are you changing your affiliation to say you're a church when you clearly don't do the stuff that churches do? Remember John Oliver a couple years ago, he said, we're making a church because it's so Yeah, because the church requirements are like congregation. Do you meet every week? Yeah. Do you share any fellowship? We meet every week. That's a church. The IRS requirements to be a church are so loose that John Oliver was able to form his own church and Uh then try to collect money from his fans. Um, But the whole point was, it's easy to call yourself a church and you get away with not having to tell the IRS what's coming in and going out. Uh Um, And these church, like 
you have to wonder what's going on. Why are these people allowed to be churches? I don't have the answer to that, and they haven't responded to requests for comment from reporters. So it's weird. I just wanted to toss that out there. I don't know what's going on, but it's weird. I'm looking up requirements to make a church. There are like nine rules that you need to be a church. And hey, while Hemant, if we make a church, yes. Uh, what would your title be? Um, grand leader. I was going to say grand poobah. Nice. Is that a thing from something? Sure. I, I've heard it, okay. so it counts. Let's talk about one last thing while you're looking up the rules for becoming a church, which is... Iceland has plans to ban circumcision unless it's medically necessary. And religious people are freaking out over this. They ban circumcision? Yeah. Interesting. Because the rules, the law in Iceland right now bans female circumcision, which I think for most people makes plenty of sense. But they said it's actually a matter of gender equality because you're saying it's okay to mutilate babies who are boys but you can't do it to girls. We yeah. should make the law equal so that no one can get mutilated. Right. Which sounds sensible to me. But of course, there are religious leaders who are saying very specifically, uh, this is going to hurt religious freedom because it's criminalizing Judaism or Islam or other groups yeah. that do circumcisions as part of their like birth rights. Yeah, and isn't it funny? Like, I, I'm the first to admit that, like, circumcision is not a thing that, like, gets my hackles up. Like, I get very mad about very many things, but there are just certain things that I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do, but, like, I'm not going to go to March about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I feel like if you put it in context of other ritualistic body dysmorphine, dysmorphine? body. Sure something there's a word for it it it, modification modification thank you that that sort of feels like the same thing it's arbitrary it well there's no reason for it it's based in tradition and no no other reason or people found like and all the criticism you hear from people who are like no it's hygienic it's it's what women want to see or something like that it's all superficial right the health reasons believe me there are plenty of health reasons like take care of yourself wash yourself stay hygienic you're fine. Yeah. Um, the, the thing about, oh, this isn't what your partner may want in the future. It's like, that's because you're used to it. Right. It's. Yeah, it's felt, definitely a cultural thing. It's a cultural sure. thing. So all the, I get the reasons why circumcision doesn't have any benefit, or at least all the reasons I've heard why it's beneficial mm-hmm. have all been struck down. And so yeah. anyway, this ban, if someone is caught performing a circumcision, uh, they could be imprisoned for up to six years for personal Jesus. assault. That's the crime that against women, too. Yeah. If you perform a female circumcision, that's what happens, too. Again, makes sense to me. It's not a religious freedom issue because this isn't just you can believe what you want. Mm-hmm. You can believe whatever you want. But and the if second, you're an adult and you feel like you need to be circumcised, you can go, make that decision yeah. for yourself. Um, and I, I don't know if the answer is they allow it or don't allow it, but they certainly won't let you do it to a baby who has no consent in the matter. So that's it. The rights of children come first here. Mm -hmm. When they're born, you don't get to just mutilate their bodies however you want to. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure some readers, listeners will be like, eh, I'm circumcised. It didn't bug me or something. Like, change it. Yeah. (laughs) You're wrong. Um, Can we talk about... 
the um, Marco Rubio fiasco. <laughs> Go for it. We talked about it a lot yesterday, and I'm really excited to revisit it. This is Teenagers Roast Marco Rubio, the TV show, oh, which I hope so gets excellent. renewed for another season. So I so there was a uh, town hall meeting in Florida in the community where uh, the shooting took place. Um. And it was seven days. So the thing that is blowing my mind about this is how quickly everything's moving. Seven days after this tragedy occurred, seven days after 17 people were murdered, they're like, no, we're going to stand up. We're going to do something. So Marco Rubio, and I, I want to be clear, Marco Rubio does deserve the slightest amount of credit for showing up. He did not have to show up. That said, like... Rick Scott didn't show up. The governor... Trump, um, Penn... Like, they were invited. They didn't show up. So yeah. I... And I want, again, that's his job. That's you, exactly. They're but, your bosses. But show he up. didn't have to. And so mm-hmm. I want to give him the tiniest sliver of, like, yes. attaboy. Yeah. That said, he was not prepared for this. He's not prepared for people asking him tough questions and then not letting go until they get an they answer. They did not give up. So my, I think my favorite, I had several favorites. I can't pick one. They're like picking your favorite child. Hmm. Um, there was a man whose daughter was killed last, last week. And he <laughs> started his thing with like, I don't like you. <laughs> Make me like you. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like come at the him. Simplest question. Oh, it was so good. And he wouldn't even ask about, I don't, I don't know. I was just so thrilled to see him like, no, no, no. Don't like you, dude. Change my mind. I fucking dare yeah. you. And Marco Rubio did not. Did not. Uh-huh. And he he does his Marco Rubio thing of recycling. The, he has talking points he's supposed to hit and hits them over mm-hmm. and over. People a buy kid asked him, my, are you going to do an assault weapons ban or People a, a buy AR-15? into my <laughs> agenda. agenda. Yeah. And he like interrupts, people buy into, like, like a It's not robot. even a good line. No. Don't say you have an agenda. That's the whole point. Because worst case scenario is they are buying into your agenda because you believe what they want to believe. Right. So like, so how, and the kid so even the responded difference? back, how much money does it take basically to get you to buy into my agenda? Okay. Like, cause we'll raise the, we'll outraise the NRA if that's what you want. Oh yeah. He literally is <laughs> like, we can raise that money here yeah. tonight. Um, can we talk about, so, um, who did we decide her name was? I want to say Ingrid Michelson, but that's not her name. That's a singer. Um, the woman who's complaining about the kids being disrespectful. I'm going to find Laura it. Ingraham. Thank you. I was in the neighborhood. Not <laughs> even close. In that neighborhood. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Um, she tweeted, and I really want to find this because it was very excellent. And these kids are just, they're high schoolers today and they're in a relatively like tech savvy suburb yeah. where these they kids, all know how to troll. They oh all know how to respond shit, back. They know so how to use good. Twitter and social media. They're really good at it. So when Laura Ingram, so she tweet, Laura Ingram, tweets in caps how teens speak to and about adults quote we should change the names of air 15s to marco rubio because they're so easy to buy which is such a good line oh it's so funny and laura ingram's like how dare they say yeah. this so she she credits it to stoneman stoneman douglas sophomore sarah chadwick <laughs> chadwick responds i'm a junior <laughs> it's so good. Get your facts right before trashing me. Yeah. So Laura, in, is it Ingram or Ingram? Uh, doesn't matter. In, well, I'm going to call her Ingram because okay. the other one sounds hard. Um, she is. I don't know. If she's dating herself or like tipping her cards with regards to her priority. But the thing she's worried about is kids being rude to authority figures. Like she was mm-hmm. one who said, "How would you feel? Was that her? How would you feel if?" 
your son was lecturing and getting in the face. That might have been Todd Starnes, the Fox News radio guy. Yeah, you're right. It was somebody else. But there's a handful of people who are so... (laughs) It just just feels so ancient. It feels so outdated. It's the same conservatives who are like, oh, those kids better not protest next week because their schools will punish them. And everyone responds back, including colleges... Listen, if you're if these kids are protesting to stop like school shootings, right. we're not going to hold it against them. Yeah, and also like there was a famous Christian, um, Tony Campolo, Jesus. Tony okay. Campolo, whose son is Bart, and we've interviewed Bart. Tony oh, Campolo yeah. once did this famous lecture where uh, maybe several times where he said something like, "I'm going to paraphrase it and butcher it, but here you go." The gist of it was: there are millions of people who are starving in the world right now. Um, and it's fucking horrible. And there are many of you who just heard what I said, and you're more upset that I said the word fucking over the fact that there are people starving in the world right now. And that's the problem with like a lot of Christians. Thank you. It's the same idea here. If you're worried about the kids being disrespectful, why don't you worry more about the fact that their friends are getting murdered? Yeah. That's where your priorities should be. Yeah. It's, um, it, it really, it just makes me... Wa- so not, even if you disagree with, with banning assault weapons or disagree with gun tr- control or, what, or whatever, which statistically you're very unlikely to do because it's a very popular thing right now. If you are the person who is watching what's happening in Florida and your takeaway is, wow, these kids sure are disrespectful, it is like, I don't understand what planet you're coming from. Like mm. what... Like, how is that your takeaway? Also, they wrote a song. Did you hear the song they wrote? Uh, at the end of the CNN yeah. thing? It was, I, it was good. It I was cried. really good. I yeah. cried, obviously. I mean, yeah. that's the least surprising <laughs> thing I could ever say. The kids are awesome. Um, I hope the attention span doesn't fade away from them anytime <laughs> I know. soon. I'm concerned about uh, that. What are my favorite parts? Oh, I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember what the, the dad who uh, said he hated Marco Rubio. Yeah. Who's <laughs> just a national hero. Um, he was saying... <laughs> You, I think it was, I just looked this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you voted, ag- I think it was that Marco Rubio voted against some sort of, or maybe the, just they let the assault ban, assault weapon ban lapse or something. He said. He wanted to ban a certain type of weapon right. and Marco Rubio said. And Marco Rubio's like, well, here's the thing. Is that the distinction between, you know, those 20 that you want to ban and the other 200 that are available is like this rubber tip or whatever. Um, and so if we ban those, all you have to do is like modify it slightly and all of a sudden it's legal. And the, the, and he went on to say the only, like by what you're saying, we would have to ban all the weapons. Standing O. Everybody loses their minds. And he was just like, like a little deer in little (laughs) headlights. Just like, what? Wait, you like that? You want to ban all the semi weapons? And also the dad did something that I really enjoyed when Rubio was like, so if you do this, all you have to do this, and it's legal. And he's like, so we don't do anything? And I was like, thank you, sir, because mm-hmm. that's the thing that... I cannot yeah, think Rubio's of another... Rubio's actions like, well, we can't stop everything, therefore we should take no laws it, to prevent can it. Can you think of anything else in this fucking country that we say, well, we can't, we can't prevent 100% of robberies, so we're just going to, like, wipe the law of, <laughs> of burglary laws. Right. Wipe that... Sure. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing else in this fucking country that we're like well we can't be a hundred percent effective i mean it's almost like when people are like oh i got the flu shot and i got the flu ones flu doesn't flu shot doesn't work i'm never gonna get the flu. like it's that same thing of well nothing works a hundred percent of the time that's just not how right. numbers but work you can minimize it and this is the same argument we make against the christian right for saying let's promote 
abstinence-only sex education instead of actually educating kids about sex. Right. Even though educating them about sex and contraception will decrease abortion rates. Right. Isn't that what you want? But that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, if they don't listen to reason, if they don't use logic and facts to, like, back them into an opinion, (laughs) then, like, what the fuck are we supposed to say to to get them there? Um, Good on these kids. That was... It was good to watch. If you didn't watch that town hall, uh, it's rare that I say go watch CNN to watch this (laughs) stunt they put on, but, man, that was good. I would say that this is... um, I'm so impressed with these kids. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but the poise and and restraint and composure that they have is is it, it's marvelous. It's it's really um amazing to see. And were would that I had that kind of wherewithal mm-hmm. when I was 17. Um do we have any I think that's it. Okay, so I want to go to uh last week we did a call out for mm. listener mail. Um, questions, concerns. Um, so we got one from uh, Dimitri. Thank you, Dimitri. Um, he says, "I'm gonna skim through this, buddy. So I'm not, I'm not gonna read the whole thing." Um, I am a 22 year old bisexual cisgender male. Uh, when I came out two years ago, I was accepted by about 90 percent of my clan. I'm very fortunate for that, and now in, in an increasingly happy relationship with your boy, with my boyfriend. Good, congratulations. Um, He's also comfortable with his atheist slash anti-theist title, right on. Um, got really into reading books by Hitchens, Harris, so forth. This all being said, coming out as an atheist is far more difficult and daunting than coming out as queer ever was. The reactions I get are fr- from most are aggressive and full of ignorant questions like, so you have no basis for morality, or so you think there's no purpose in life, when in actuality my life has far more purpose now. So here it is. How does one come out as an atheist? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Love, logic, and respect, Dimitri. P.S. What you're doing is so important. Thank you. Thank you, Dimitri. That's very nice for you to say. Um, so I think this is interesting because the the sort of parallels between, um, like definitely the atheist and secular movement came on the heels and very much rode in the wake of the the gay movement, the gay rights movement, which came on the wake of the civil rights movement um, and, you know, women's suffrage. Like, it goes all the way back of people kind of um, looking to the generation before them to, to come out. Um, I think it's interesting, and I wonder why people find it more, quote-unquote, offensive or unpalatable to say that you're atheist versus saying that you're gay. and, may, and it I might, think part of it is just people have gotten used... They all know someone who's gay. It's hard to demonize people when you know them personally. Yeah. And even in Christian circles, like LGBT people have kind of broken through. Maybe less so transgender people, mm-hmm. but gay and lesbian people have broken through, shared their stories, and it's really hard even for the anti-gay evangelicals to be like, this person's bad. They kind of right. modify it to say, okay, it's fine if you're gay, but you've got to be abstinent. Right. Like, they modify it. Yeah. So, but the whole thing is, even among young Christians, mm-hmm. being gay is not a big deal. Yeah. But being an atheist is still, even in this day and age where more nuns are on the rise, no religion, do atheism th- is still stigmatized. Do you think it has to do with the idea that to declare one an atheist, you're basically actively eschewing 
everybody else's beliefs as yeah, opposed to like if somebody's gay i'm not like oh you hate like if a woman's <laughs> gay i'm like oh you hate men like it, first of all, that'd be a totally reasonable stance, but <laughs> no, but like, I, it's just a person. I'm an atheist, which means to, I think you're wrong. Right. And yeah, I think that's a stigma against the word atheist, which is why a lot of people don't use that word. Even right. if they fit the d- definition, they say, I'm a humanist. I'm a bright, I'm a whatever mm-hmm. you want. I forgot about the bright yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm whatever you want to call it, but I, this is what I stand for. Yeah. So atheist is a harsh word. I don't mind it, but whatever. But to our friend Dimitri and stuff, I, I don't know that you have to come out necessarily. Yeah. And I, I would say, I say this all the time to high school students who write me too, who are like, how do I come out to my parents? The answer may be, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe, at least not, not yet. Not yet. And not if they have any leverage over you because you still rely on them for housing or mm-hmm. money or whatever. Um, you're not not courageous for not doing it. Yeah. What, what I want this guy to do is find an outlet where you could talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. There are meetup groups in so many cities for atheists. There are affiliate groups, local organizations. There are online communities where you could stay anonymous, yes. whether it's Reddit or something else, uh, where you could ask questions and just learn about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And build like a tiny community of your own. Yeah, and that's that may be the best thing. So you're not going crazy and thinking, I'm the only one like this, Yeah, and I can't tell my family even though I really want to what benefit comes from telling your family? I I don't know. And unless it Um, matters, I don't know why that's... So... I hope you can hold off on that, maybe. I know that sounds like horrible advice. No, 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 no. no. I I disagree with you a little bit. Um, So for me, definitely if you are relying on your family for shelter and food and, and financial stability, yeah, it's not a thing you need to, like, get to right now. That said, I think there's a lot of uh, power in living your truth. I think there is something that sort of every time you have to pretend to agree with something that you don't agree with, it kind of kills you a little bit inside. Mm. And I and I'm a I mean obviously I'm a very extroverted person, and I believe what I believe loudly. And you know, consequences be damned. That's my life like I don't expect most people to be like that nor do I think it's necessarily a super reasonable way to live my life but I would say like be if you are not in danger however you see danger if your family places their religious beliefs over their love for you I mean I'm not telling anybody to like not talk to their family but it's definitely worth thinking about so I was just at my therapist yesterday and there's a lot of talking about like, what do you want out of this relationship? What does this relationship mean to you? And are you, and I just think it's worth considering like, do you want your family in your life because you want these specific people in your life or because you feel like you're supposed to, I don't know, maybe I overstepped there, but I'm doing some, you know, self-reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, and please, Right back, let us know how it went. I hope you don't get kicked out of your house. Dimitri, take care of yourself. Yes. Um, if you have questions or comments or want advice, friendly at these podcast at Gmail. Uh, we read pretty much everything that comes through. We do. I don't know why we do, but we do. Well, I mean, I know why I do. <laughs> I don't know why you do. Yeah. I like to read mean things about myself. It makes me cry. <laughs> um, so Where can we find you? Oh, um, well, first I want to ask you, Hemet. Yes. What's your happy thing? I'm done with speech. Yeah, and that you did well. Weekend. We did well. So, but the season's done now. So, like, I have 
afternoons and weekends back. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. Two o'clock in the afternoon. I know, when on it's a Saturday. Out drinking wine. It's been a long time. I haven't since seen I've you on a Saturday in years. Yep. So. <laughs> It was a good season. Glad it's done. Yeah, good. Um, mine is actually just happened um, a couple hours ago. Mikey, my husband, just bought <laughs> tickets to the Twin Peaks Fest in the Pacific Northwest. Don't look at me like that. It's, you know, Twin Peaks the show? Yeah. There's like a fat, like a convention is there really? every year. And Mikey. Every year? The show just rebooted like last year. Yeah, I think it's every year. I can ask Mikey. So it's just been going on while the show was off the air? Yeah, people. No way. Is it every year? It's been every year. Mikey, <laughs> Mikey overheard us. Um, so we, uh, yeah, he just bought tickets today. They sell, Hammond, they sell out in what, 11 minutes? 10 minutes they sold out. People that, are into this shit. I mean, that's not Olive Garden fast, but that's fast. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go up there in July. And, that's awesome. Uh, I'm super stoked. We're going to go visit my friends in, um, in Portland while we're out there. And I love the Pacific Northwest, so I'm, I'm stoked. Am I a giant Twin Peaks fan? No. <laughs> Am One I a very supportive wife? Yes. <laughs> Do I like talking to people about very specific things? Also, yes. Um, so I'm stoked. And it's kind of, you know, we've been sort of uh, financially conservative this, la- this past year. And, you know, we oh, want to... you deserve the reward then. Yeah, we want to do something with our tax return. Good. That was like for us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Hemant, uh, you can find me yes. at uh, Twitter. Uh-huh. At Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm at Hammond Meta. Um, you can find me, my Etsy shop, me Etsy shop. It's Pirate mm-hmm. Etsy shop. At um, what is a bitches get stitched done? Um, I, I was at zero inbox, zero open orders for like 12 hours, and it was really refreshing. Then I got another order, which I'm very happy to work <laughs> on them. But I haven't been zeroed out since September, maybe. Yeah, it's not so, Christmas time. No, yeah, so, so I'm very excited very about nice. that. I'm making something for myself. Look at you. Um, you can, what else? Uh, patreon.com oh, slash yeah. friendly at these podcasts. If you want to support this, oh, we're Jessica's about to, bonus episodes yeah, will we're be about to start soon. rolling out some of those. Um, we're going to post one with my best friend from college, Leslie, who, um, is one of my favorite humans. I hope it is an acceptable listening experience because it's literally what hanging out in a room with the two of us is like. And a lot of people find that deeply <laughs> So I don't know if anyone's going to like that. But it's um, it's just a very, it was a really nice experience and really close to my heart. So I'm excited to share that. We'll post that on the regular feed and then future bonus episodes to anyone who gives a dollar on Patreon. Yeah, a dollar or more. Or Let's more. not restrict or anybody. A dollar yes. or more on Patreon. And then I'll try to release those Take monthly. that 99 cent supporters. <laughs> um, I have... Um, uh, I've got one with Mikey in the can. I'm going to do one with um, my two best friends um, from high school, Leah and her wife, Amanda, who are my friends from Portland. We're going to read a queer romance novel, which oh I'm God. super stoked about. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be good. I'm really excited to get those out. And um, email we'll be us. back next week. Friendly these podcasts. Sorry this is late, but haven't fucked up. Yeah, I did. I think. Sorry. Did you fuck happened. up? Probably. Yeah, it sounds Sorry. right. This was definitely a better episode. It really was. Was it? Do you think? Oh, if it saves. <laughs> yeah. Let's, okay, we're gonna we're <laughs> we'll gonna get to up and week. we're gonna save this and not touch anything for Nothing. twelve hours and then upload it. <laughs> Bye. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs>